Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We've not been rushing through these verses at all. Verses 28 through 30 are loaded, loaded with truth. Romans 8, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We're going to key in on the calling. Notice the definite article, the, that's specifically referring to us as saints. We're now the called. And it is in, it's in accord to or accord with, according to his purpose. We talked about that, his purpose. We'll do a little more this morning about it. Verse number 29, it says, for whom he did foreknow, we preached about that, that word foreknowledge. Then it says, he also did predestinate, we talked about predestinate and predestinated last Sunday. And then it says to be conformed to the image of his son. If you're here this morning and you're a born again child of God, you are a Christian, a Christ one, a Christian. And we shouldn't take that lightly. That's a very, very important title that we can be honored that God would give us. We are Christ ones. We should be like Christ. That is going to be what the conforming is about in these verses. But I ask you to get 1 John 3, and I'd like you to be there now. 1 John 3, watch what it says in verse number 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. We tried to preach that love yesterday at the festival. That we should be called the sons of God. What an honor. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. Don't expect to go out and witness and expect them to know you relate to know. Don't expect that. Why? Because it knew him not. Verse 2. Beloved, now as a believer, this is speaking. Are we, that's us, the body of Christ. The sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Praise God that you're saved if that's you this morning, and I praise the Lord that I'm saved. But it doesn't stop there because there's some shall being that has to occur. We are going to be conformed to the image of Christ. That is the predestinate part of it. Okay, we'll get to that in a little bit, but. But we know that, verse number 2 in 1 John 3, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There is going to be a conforming to the image of Christ. Let's get a head start on it, on it now. And then the Lord is going to complete that work. You can count on it as your destination you will be made like him conform if you're a dog lover or a horse lover or i guess any animal lover you know they have these competitions where you bring out your dog you you, you bring out your horse you bring out your goat you bring out your sheep and you know how it's judged on its conformation how much of it does it really look like a dog? <laughs> are the hips too low or are the hips just right? 
Is one leg too short and one and the other leg too long? How are the ears on the dog? Is it does it have the complete confirmation of that breed? And then you know your dog gets a ribbon and you get to they do the same thing with horses. They do that at 4-H. The kids bring their donkeys and their sheep and their chickens, and they oh, we're gonna get a confirmation. If right now all of us were to be judged on our confirmation of how much we've conformed to Christ, somebody's going to have an ear missing. <laughs> somebody's going to have a short leg. Someone's hips are going to be too high. Look, we are not. We have not fully conformed to the image of Christ. Now, probably that example isn't the best because it's not our physical appearance like it would be on a horse show. But it's our spiritual likeness. It's going to happen one day. You can count on it. That's your and my destination as believers. And First Timothy says he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. In Hebrews 3, he is our high priest of our profession. That's us as believers. In Revelation 1, it says, you know what it tells us? He hath made us. Kings and priests unto God and his father. And then the verse ends with just amen forever and ever. Amen. He is going to make us like him. Praise God. He's Lord of Lords. Praise God. He's the high priest. Revelation tells us he's going to make us like him. We think of this destination as a place to go rather than an image to be. We're going to be conformed to his image. Romans 8. Get back there. Verse number 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. There's that word again, called. Verse 28, we saw it. The called according to his purpose. Verse 30, we see them he also called. Before salvation, there is a calling. Come, whosoever will. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, what? Come. And let him that athirsteth come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. There is a calling. We call people to Christ. John 6 says, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. There is a drawing. Christ is working. Many of you prayed yesterday afternoon that the Holy Spirit would draw sinners to himself as we're out there witnessing at, at that festival. We need the Holy Spirit's drawing. There is that calling and drawing before salvation. Mark chapter 2, when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm good with just going out open air and calling sinners to repentance. Uh, I guess you can name some sins, but I like to start with the common ground sins that we can all agree on so that I'm not trying to make myself elevated higher than Whatever the sin is, that particular person is doing that I never did. Now, can't you do that? Can't the flesh do that? 
I, it boggles my mind. I have no interest. I think it's a wicked perversion. This whole month is celebrating wickedness. I can almost guarantee nobody in this room could even imagine being involved in that. But have you ever lied? Yeah, but I never really did that real bad sin. Okay, but you're saying, that? what are you saying? What I'm saying is all of sin, and we are to call sinners to repentance. Because it doesn't matter the sin that you've committed. And it doesn't matter the sin the other person committed. If either of those sinners dies without the righteousness of Christ, where are they both going? What do you think? There's a, like a hell for, and then a purgatory and then a, no, all that's Roman Catholicism. It's either heaven or absent from the body is to be present with the Lord in heaven or wherever else the Lord decides to take us. Call sinners to repentance. That's the calling before you're saved. After you're saved, you are, we talked about it, the call, verse 28. And the purpose is, the purpose is to be conformed to him. Let's talk about that this morning. Get Galatians 1, if you will. Galatians chapter 1. Verse number 6, Galatians 1. <clears throat> Verse number six, Galatians one, I marveled that you are so soon removed from him that here it is called you into what the grace of Christ unto another gospel. These are Galatian believers that are the call that are in Christ. But the new has worn out and there's some Judaizers that came into Galatia. Now they're kind of drawing them back into, well, the law and works and trying to mix the two together. And what is happening is there's no more loyalty to Christ and the grace of Christ. They're starting to draw back. They're getting confused. Now that happens to a lot of people. There's a lot of saved people that are saved by the grace of God, have fully trusted Christ, but they've got mixed up on some things. They've backslidden on some things. They got confused on some doctrine. It's going to make life down here a little harder. They didn't lose their salvation. They just kind of lost their way a little bit as far as dividing out the word properly. But this new wears off. And then all of a sudden, there's no loyalty to Christ and his grace. The strength of youth we lay at Jesus' feet today. It is loyalty, loyalty, loyalty to Christ. His gospel will proclaim throughout the world's domain of loyalty, loyalty, loyalty to who? Christ and his grace alone. Another gospel. How do you know that another gospel is being proclaimed? How do you spot that? It's not grace alone. You hear a little bit of works mixed in there. It is another gospel. And you got to really listen to that. The center of the gospel is Christ's grace. There's no winning it, earning it, paying for it, meriting it, or buying it by your own efforts. It's all of Christ. It's a dead soul. 
a dead soul in trespasses and sins. It comes in contact with the living God and his grace. That is how you know you've got the right gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. As a believer, this calling is a relationship calling. That's the type of calling we have. 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 9 describes this. Verse number 8 will start in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless, going to happen, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called unto what? The fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you see that phrase, called unto the fellowship of his son? That's a relational calling, a communion with Christ. It's a participation actively with his body. We're doing that now. We're, fe we're fellowshipping now. It's a relational aspect of our calling. And we are in partnership, not with my purpose, not with your purpose, but with God's purpose, the purpose of Christ. And we are striving together as we all are starting to be conformed more like him. It's his church. It shouldn't look like me or you or you. It should look like him. See that? Well, I just want and I just think or my opinion is and I'm not so sure about that. Well, how about how about we try to get off of I and me and get on to fellowshipping and communing around Christ. And you can't go wrong with it. Makes it easier to put our Differences aside, the best relationship for you individually and the best relationship for your family would be fellowship with his body. Well, my family is part of the body of Christ. Yeah, I know that. I know that. So is mine. I get it. But your family may just be an arm. My family might just be a leg. You can't have a leg over here and an arm over here and expect anything to happen. We're going to have to kind of come together, right? You got a body walking around with two legs and two arms and no head. That look weird. That's why God wants us in his church so the body can work together as members and we can accomplish more. I couldn't fast yesterday. Preach 30 minutes, then preach 40 minutes. And at the end of it, I'm dehydrated. I feel lightheaded. My low back is in knots. My stomach's in knots. And my head hurts. Oh, Charles Bridge, you all right? I said, I need something to drink. I need something cold to drink. I bought some water. I said, no, I need some soda. I need water. I said, I already drank two. I, want, I, I really want something cold. I said, you didn't drink some water. I said, no, Christy would want me drinking soda. I need the sugar and I need the salt. Okay, well, then get in line. Look over line. He goes, you want to get in line? I looked over and it was all these sodomites in line. I, thought, I was talking to somebody, Brother Charles, graciously, when the line died down, 
called me an ice ice cold soda and chugged that down. And that and that was a that was a blessing. It's relational. It's relational, our calling. And we need to be there for each other. There's also a calling with an obligation. Go to Ephesians 4. Oh, I was saying about, you know, I can't fast. Yesterday, I couldn't fast. I probably would have passed out if it was, I spent the past 24 hours fasting. I had a light breakfast, but that's not really fasting. But someone else was fasting. If I'm preaching, I can't be praying. But somebody else is praying. If I'm preaching, I can't pass out tracts, but somebody else can pass out tracts. If I'm preaching, somebody, I, I can't be in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, but somebody else can. What is that? That's how a body functions. You know, you tell your kids, why don't you go paint the fence? Well, why don't you do it, Dad? Well, because one, I told you to do it. And two, if I'm out there painting the fence with you, I can't be fixing the plumbing. You can't be in two places at one time. God put us in his church so that we would function as a body. And that body is made up of members that do something. Okay, And this is the conforming. And as we serve him, now we are starting to be conformed to be more like him. But there is an obligation to that calling. I'm sorry, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number four. The Bible says, I therefore, in verse one of Ephesians four, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. How many of you have a vocation secularly? If you showed up late for a week straight, what do you think is probably going to happen? You can get fired. If you don't show up on Fridays because just Friday's your day you wanted to take off and the boss said you needed to be there, probably you can get away with that once with an excuse. You're probably not going to get away with it twice. You're fired. That's the way it works. Well, I want to play baseball. Well, if you don't show up for the practices, you think the, you think the coach is going to put you out there to play? No. You're off the team. They're going to pick somebody on the team. You know what they're going to pick? Those that have availed themselves to the practice. I mean, if I was the quarterback of the football team and my line defensemen were going to be guys that never showed up for practice, and then game day the coach is going to say, yeah, I'm going to put Louie, Johnny, and Jimmy out to protect you. Coach, they haven't been there the whole season. How are they going to protect me? You would be kicked off the team. You wouldn't make the team. We're called. There's an obligation to that calling. Not to keep your salvation, but to go through the conforming process. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. The outward walk matters. It matters how you walk. It shows the world how a Christian walks. And that should be a glorious blessing. And it should be a glorious testimony to the world. 
We need model Christians who are consistent. I have this on my mind because of Memorial Day and because of uh, honor guard, uh, honor guard honors, the funeral service, military man. So I have this on my mind. The world respects, admires a model soldier who's consistent. The world respects that, and they should. It is amazing to me. Every year we go to the we try to go to the memorial service uh, in the square. This year we went to one in, in Livingston, and it always amazes me when I look around. I see all the military men, all the military women, and then by the time I'm done counting them, I look behind and I and I see the people that are out there. It's not a lot. And you know why that breaks my heart? Because you got a military hero. Military heroes that are being honored for what they did here for our freedom. And a very, very small percentage of the community shows up. You know how many of them show up in the community on the square when they're going to drop eggs from a helicopter to somehow celebrate Something that has nothing to do with the resurrection of Christ. The whole town. You know how many show up on the square on Christmas when the big pagan troll is going to be rolled out. They're going to have all the kitties sit on his lap and ask for gifts. The entire town shows up for a make-believe, not real, a vain imagination. And a small percentage of the community shows up to honor a war hero. Now you tell me something's not flipped about that. You know why we're meeting here this morning in America and not in the basement underground hiding? Because somebody shed his blood for our freedom in America. Now didn't die for our sins, didn't die on a cross, totally different, not even in comparison. I'm just telling you, we've got some freedoms that make it easy for us to walk worthy of our vocation. Why not take advantage of those freedoms? Take advantage of it. Walk worthy. Be a model soldier for Christ. Even if the world sneers at that. They're fine with model soldiers, but not model soldiers for Christ. Who are you marching for? Whose army are you in? That's the conforming, the calling, the conforming purpose. The centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. That centurion soldier knew he had no worth. John says, one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. John knew Christ, it's not even appropriate for me to latch and unlash his sandals. He knew he was not worthy. The prodigal son, he comes and he says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. You know what we need today more than ever? People who will say, I want to serve you. 
I'm not worthy. I just want to serve you. That's it. That'll help us to be conformed to his image rather than our goals. I am not worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. I have no worth, but I can call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Well, my past, I've just, look, nobody's past is too bad for Jesus. He can make you worthy because he is going to give you his worth. I've just done so many bad things. As if you didn't do all of those bad things, you would somehow have some worth. I just wish I never lived that 10 years of my life like that. As if if you didn't live the past 10 years like that, you would somehow have some worth you can bring to Christ. Come on. You've got no worth either way you slice it. Stop using the excuse, my past has been so bad, I can't be used by Jesus. You can. All of the worth lies in him. Worthy is the lamb. Next, there's an expectation if you would turn to Philippians 3. There's an expectation of the calling. Philippians 3, verse number 14, great passage. Philippians 3, verse 14. Paul says in the Holy Spirit's inspiration, I press toward. There's an aim. The mark for the prize. There's an end. You've got an aim and an end. Of the high calling. It's an upward calling. It's a high calling. It's a heavenly calling. Of God. In Christ Jesus. It's God's will. What's God's will for my life? It is God's will that you run this race down here. And you aim for something upward. That's God's will for your life right now. Run below. You're going to get a crown above. <laughs> okay? Do some stuff down here. There's an expectation God has for us. Do some stuff down here. For salvation? No, brother. No, sister. You've been saved. For a reward. You understand that. You hit enough home runs. You're going to get an all-star reward. Everybody comes out and praises you. Worthy is the lamb. You know, incorruptible crown. Crown of rejoicing. Crown of life. Crown of glory. Crown of righteousness. You know where you're going to get that? Above. Below you run. Above you get the crown. You know what you're going to do? You're going to lay the crown at the feet of Jesus. You know what the Bible says when he comes back with his saints? You know he's going to be wearing? Crown. Wouldn't it be neat? We're coming back with crown. Oh, that, that's the one he gave me. Worthy is the way. Worthy is the way. There's an expectation for the calling. Second Timothy chapter 1. Let's look at that. Second Timothy. <coughs> It's a holy calling. The expectation is holiness. Second Timothy chapter number one. 
Look at verse number nine. Um, let's back up to verse eight in the middle. It says, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us. Very clear, this is for believers. You couldn't miss that context. And called us, that's believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, with what? And holy calling. There is an expectation of holiness. And it's not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ before the world began. Why, do I, why is it a holy calling? Because the author is holy. Because the book that he's inspired is a holy Bible. Because he's given us a Holy Spirit. That's why it's that's why the call is holiness. Holiness under the Lord, the Old Testament phrases. Not our purpose. He is going to enable our works down here for his purpose. Um be thou uh, sorry, let me get that thought right here. Verse nine. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ before the world began. You weren't saved before the foundation of the world, okay? Because if you were and somebody asked you on Monday when you got saved, you couldn't say, well, last year when I was at, you would have to say before the foundation of the world, okay? So nobody got saved before the foundation of the world. But you know what was foreordained? You know what was foreknown by God before the foundation of the world? Did everybody in Christ before the world began would be made holy and be made like him according to his purpose and his grace. That is what is known by God, his ways. And his ways are purpose that those that are in him will be made like him. You're not holy now, but you will be conformed to that completely one day. Go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1. Hope you're okay flipping through the Bible. 1 Peter 1, 13. 1, 13. 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, the future looking. As obedient children. You hear that, young ones? Obedient children. All of us in Christ, child of God, we should be obedient to God. It's an expectation he has for us. I don't understand that. Well, we understand that as parents and grandparents. Look, Johnny, I'm expecting you. To sit up straight in church and listen. Right? We, we put that on our kids. Expectations. As our kids might say we're mean. But we know we're not mean. Christians might say God is mean. But he's got some expectation. For, for his children. Uh, look at verse. Uh, 14. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. There are some former things. 
God says, hey, I don't want you. I don't want you doing that. And then it says in verse number 15, verse number 15, but as he which hath called you is what? Holy. What are we to be? So be holy in all manner of conversation. There's an expectation of holiness because God is holy. In, in Romans chapter number one and in 1 Corinthians one, it says we're called to be saints. That's a state of being something. A saint is a sanctified one. A saint is a holy one. You know, Christ is titled in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You know what he's titled as in both Testaments? A holy one. You're called to be a saint, a holy one. You know, that is going to come to pass. You can mark it down. I'm not as holy as I should be or I ought to be. Maybe not now, but you shall be. You shall be. You can trust. Lastly, we'll look at our position. Colossians 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 15. The Bible says in verse number 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also, here it is, you're called in one body, Period. No. There's a semicolon there, and it says, and be thankful. Because some of us might say, well, I don't want to be part of that guy. I don't want him. <laughs> Welcome to the club. All of us have that problem at times, don't we? Well, I can't believe Sister So and so would, would would say that about and I can't be I can't believe brother so and so would do that, and, and he should know better. I'm sure there's some things I should have known better of, just like you should have known better. But we didn't. And unless you leave the tracks of good foundational Bible doctrine, just hang in there and be thankful. <laughs> We're called in one, one body. Let's embrace that. One body. That is our position. Where we have the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. That's our, that's our position where our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's our position in Christ. How beautiful of them are, are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Our position in Christ allows us to do that. Now, lastly, go to Romans 8, and we'll close here. Romans chapter number 8. Look at verse number 30, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 30. Because we have a past, a present, and a future glimpse of how God is going to conform his children, his church. For whom he did foreknow, I'm sorry, verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, there it is again. And whom he called, there it is. Them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Destination is your ultimate end. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. What's the pre? The pre is what the destination will be. There is something that is known by God beforehand. And you know what that is? 
that every believer will be made like him. That is the predestinated part. You're called, he's going to save you. After you're saved, he's going to sanctify you. You might be going through the sanctification process now, but you ain't glorified and neither am I. But someday we will be. It is a, it, you see a glimpse of the confirmation where we eventually are going to be completely made like the image of Christ. And that's a glorious thing that God does. That's been predestinated. It's already known. And you know what the reference of is predestinate in this verse, in this chapter? Only believers can lay claim to it. Only believers. We're called to be like Jesus. So until we die or until we're raptured, let's make that an aim, our aim down here. This calling won't happen, though, unless the Lord justifies those who have received. So the question I'll leave you with this morning is, have you received? This calling is not to a place. This calling is to a likeness. It's not where you'll be that's most important. You know, it says be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. <clears throat> you know where the Lord's going to come for a thousand years? He's going to come down to earth. <laughs> you know where you're going to go with the Lord? Guess where that means you're not going to be for a thousand years? In heaven. This destination thing in Romans 8 isn't about where you're going to be. It's about who you're going to be like. You know, at the white throne judgment, all those that are in hell right now, you know where they're going to end up going? To where, where's, the, where, where's that going to take place? Above, in heaven. Everybody in hell is eventually going to be in heaven right in front of the white throne judgment. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to cast them all in the lake of fire. We got to get this predestination thing, predestinate or predestinated is the term used in the Bible. We got to get it right. It's not so much where we're going to go. It's who we're going to be like. You think all the Old Testament saints went to heaven? They didn't. They went to paradise. When Christ shed his blood on the cross, died three days, three nights later, he rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. You know what he did prior? He set captivity captive. You know what that, is? that means? Those, those souls, those Old Testament saints that were in Abraham's bosom, that's just the care of Abraham. They couldn't have gone to heaven. There was no bloodshed. It's not where you're going to go. It's who you're going to be like. Christ shed his blood. He set captivity captive. Ephesians and uh, moved paradise. It's not there anymore. It's moved in heaven. People say, I'm predestinated to go to heaven. No, you're not. You're pre if you're predestinated, it's going to be to be made like Christ. And wherever Christ goes, you're going to go. If we were to get raptured right now, we're going to go in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And we're going to go be with the Lord. Forever, so we shall ever, forever be with the Lord. Not forever be in heaven, be with the Lord. Because seven years later,
God's taken us out of heaven and he's going to come down here and we're going to rule and reign with him on the earth. And we got to get this thing out of our head that we're just going to go to heaven. We're going to go to, no, we're going to go be with the Lord. Where is that? Wherever he goes, I get to go. Heaven's a glorious place. Don't get me wrong. We'll be there. But we can go to other places too as the Lord brings. So we want to be Praise God, we're going to be like him. All right, let's pray. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.